Hello and welcome to the EPL Roundtable. My name is Seifu. I'll be your host tonight, standing in for Kevin. As always, you can find us on Twitter at EPL Roundtable or email us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Uh, joining me tonight is Jay. He's the editor for the Eagles Beak, and you can find him on Twitter at the Eagles Beak. Uh, and we're going to talk about all things England. It's nice to have you on, Jay. Hello, Seifu. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah very, really pleased to be back on. It's uh, it's always good fun being on the EPL Roundtable. So uh, um, it's it's different having not having Kev around. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks, and I won't have to do this, and I'll just be the man behind the curtain again. Um, or, or he might not have a job to come back to. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, England's made it to the World Cup semi-final for the first time in 28 years. Uh, how's the atmosphere in England this year compared to previous World Cups? Wow, um, it's incredible. Yeah. It, 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 it's just, I, I was counting up earlier on today actually, this is my 10th World Cup. I remember the 82 World Cup was my first World Cup as a kid. Oh, wow. um, that was my first memory of a World Cup and I have to say, there's it, been a lot of chatter about whether, you know, which is the best World Cup and I... I firmly believe this is probably the best World Cup I've experienced over, you know, being my tenth one, you know, in, in memory. Yeah. Whether that has anything to do with England, you know, going deep into the competition, perhaps. But um, just going back to your point, really, I, I think I, I did an article actually a couple of days ago, just really touching on the fact that the World Cup this year was a real slow burner in this country, and that has a lot to do with this, the disappointment that we've experienced as fans of England for for so long and I think there's a bit of apathy towards the international team there's so much on social media over the last few years about club over country you know fans of clubs much prefer going to watch their club and, and, and support their club rather than the national team mm-hmm. and there's been a real negative vibe about the international team for, for such a long time it kind of stems back a little bit after Euro 96 we after Terry Vanwells we, we went with foreign coaches and there seems seem to have been uh, a kind of, uh, you, know, you know, fans have found themselves distanced from the international team. And for uh, whatever reason, you know, that's kind of happened and, and we've gone into this World Cup. And even even the local stores and the international stores in this country weren't really on the bandwagon leading up to this World Cup. And, you know, as, as a football fan, I, I love a tournament. Um, as 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 an ex fan, well, whether your country is expected to do anything or whether it's not, it's it's the whole uh, razzmatazz of a competition, and the World Cup is just it's a pinnacle of a football, really. It's it's a competition you you look forward to as a fan and, and certainly as a player or coach, anything like that. Uh, whether or not, like I say, your country is expected to do well, um, but to be honest, you know th- this this group of players and this manager have really brought the country together you know they, they've done well in the competition of course you know they've got through the group stages um and they've we found ourselves in in our first semi-finals you mentioned for the first time in 28 years and i remember the 1990 uh, semi-final against west germany in turin i remember it really well when obviously we we didn't get through that we got we got knocked out on penalties and that's that, that still hurts to this day um but to actually see this this group of players, it's refreshing to see a, a young group of players and how Gareth Southgate has gone about his business in in exactly the right way. You know, even even some of the, the the paper reports before the competition were negative about certain players, and even that couldn't kind of put you know put some of the fans off. But yeah, you know, it's been like I said, it's been a slow burner. You know, after the first game. You know, England fans are like, yeah, we've got a win, you know, one in a group stage and we didn't get anything at the last the last World Cup. We know we finished bottom of the group with I think it's one point. Um, didn't get a win. Obviously winning our first game here was was, was really good. Winning our second game like we did with a you know, with an influx of goals was, was fantastic and obviously the big game in 
in in the last group game against Belgium was uh, was massive. Um, a lot of consternation about whether Southgate did the right thing in resting players, but you know you have to look at it. And uh, we've where I'm not saying it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you don't expect a team to go out and lose the game, and there was no suggestion that England went out to lose that game, but. As things have worked out, this competition has opened up for us, you know, and not just for us. It's you know for the teams in this side of the draw that we found ourselves in. But we're in a semi-final. Um, the mood of the country uh, yesterday, three o'clock kickoff. You know, the anticipation was there, but it was really bizarre. You know, we beat Sweden, and there wasn't really any concern in the game. You know, we we watched an England team. I wouldn't say dominate the game, but actually do a job on Sweden to the point where. Actually, not many of us were that concerned about what Sweden could do not a lot of as a game comes. went on. Yeah, there, there, there was no particular um, stressful moments. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's always going to be nerves watching England at a World Cup, and it was a quarter final. I mean, that's that, that's just massive for for any for any nation. But you know, to watch us get through that game like we did, and and get get to the final whistle, and think, you know, we've we've actually done that without. You know, without too much of a, of a problem, which is probably deserved after the, you know, the tough, the tough round of sixteen game against Colombia and going right. to extra time penalties. Um, but to see England, I mean, we're not used to that. We're not used to England come through a game um, with relative ease. I would say, and that's yeah. not being big-headed at all. I mean, I think, I think we got through that game with, with with relative ease. I mean, Sweden had their chances. Jordan Pickford made a couple of great saves, but. Um, really, Sweden just huffed and puffed um, more than anything, and I think it was a really accomplished performance. And to see us into a semi-final stage at this stage at a World Cup, um, it, it, it was fantastic. And I think all the all the all the right things are being said about Gareth Southgate, and you know deserves all the plaudits to go his way as well as the players. And um, you know we're actually on the brink of something massive here. You know. This is the third time we've ever got to a semi-final of a World Cup. And I think a lot of us this morning or today um, in this country are pinching ourselves after after yesterday. Yeah. So you know, uh, let's, it, uh, it, let's dig into that Sweden match a little bit. Um, yeah. What was your kind of mindset going into that match? Um, I think my mindset was very similar to a few other people I've spoken to in that I wasn't hugely concerned about Sweden. Hmm. And again, that's no disrespect to Sweden. I think... It was a it was a good game for us to play because it was against the Swedish side, a European side rather than a South American side, um, kind of a Premier League game in a way because of the way that Sweden played. You know, they're 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 a big side. They 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 were quite direct uh, and they played the pressing game. So I think a lot of the players in the England team would would have preferred to go up against that sort of opponent than they would have done against a kind of a South American side or. Yeah. Or, or, or a team from Asia, because sometimes you don't quite know what you're going to go up against. However much preparation the manager and coaching staff do to kind of put you in that good position, so that you do know a little bit about um, the opposition. But I think knowing about the Swedes and the way they played and, and seeing them in the European qualification, I mean, they did fantastically well to get to get to the World Cup. You know, beating Italy of all people, you know, stopping Italy getting to the World Cup finals. This is the first World Cup I've known without an Italian side in it, which. Uh, you know, I say it was a, would be a, was a shame, but as it's turned out, you know, two big names didn't make it in Holland and um, and Italy, uh, and some of the big names have uh, kind of dropped out as we've gone along, you know, gone along the way. But yeah, the Sweden game, I think it played into our hands a little bit. I think Sterling was fantastic. He used his pace. 
he, he hasn't had any luck this World Cup, Raheem Sterling. I think he's I think he's been criticised an awful lot for not scoring goals, but I think he does an awful. Well, I don't think he does. I know he does an awful lot more than people see him do. I know he he's yeah. he's a quick player, skillful player, and while he's not scored, I think he's a pivotal part of this England side. And he really did rattle that Swedish back line on a number of occasions. They're not particularly quick. They're quite. They're quite tall and, uh, and and clumpy as a as a as a as a unit, but I think the biggest thing was that we couldn't go behind to a team like Sweden because they've won narrow games and they're a tough side to break down. So going going behind to a team like that was always going to be difficult. But mm-hmm. you know we deservedly took the lead, um, got that crucial second goal through Deli Ali, who um, you know a lot, a lot of concerns about him with with his injury, but I think he looked. Uh, he had a bit of a spring in his step after that goal, and that goal would do him all the good. And it'll be great to see Raheem Sterling get a goal because it would do the very same for him. But let's not take away, you know, what Raheem does to this side. He, you know, he really does stretch the defence and plays off Kane really well, allows Kane to, you know, to sit back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was really impressed with the approach that we had in this game. We kind of bided our time for the first 20 minutes, you know, just to just to see what Sweden would do. Um, and then we started playing our own natural game, which is what we've seen in the competition so far. And we um, we, we we got through the game um, with, like I say, relative ease, which is which is something I find uncomfortable saying about England, really, because <laughs> it's not something we've you know we've experienced. You would say that of a German side, or, of perhaps a, a Brazilian side or an Argentina side in previous World Cups, but but certainly not England. So it, it's been it was a pleasure to uh, enjoy that game yesterday. Yeah. So would you say at this point that like Southgate has put in a cohesive system for the England squad. So regardless of whether or not Raheem Sterling gets the goal, there's still a great team performance. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think everyone's got their job. He's got them well drilled. They know what they're doing. They know the formations that they play um, and can play because, you know, this three at the back system is something which has really worked for England. You know, the way that uh, they've gone about it, um, you know, Carl Walker playing as one of those three is it's not a position he's used to. Uh, he's normally just a flat right back. Um, but Stones and Maguire have have done brilliantly well alongside him. And I think you know they are a well drilled side. Southgate and his coaching staff do their homework. Uh, it's interesting to see an interview with um, with Jordan Pickford after I can't remember if it was a Sweden game or a game before, but he said that you know meticulous preparation they have about particular. I think it's a Colombian game, the penalty takers, and he knew which way those players would generally favour taking their penalties. And you would expect that from the international team generally. But I think, you know, there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes than we than we think. And, you know, these players seem to know an awful lot about their opponents going into a game, um, which probably leads to why, you know, it was a slow build-up in a Sweden game yesterday just to kind of, you know, feel their way through mm-hmm. through that game. But I think... Yeah, there's there's a lot that can be said about um, you know the the information that players get these days about the opposition, and and that can be used in games to their advantage. And I think I think that helps the players a lot going into a game, particularly at the World Cup stages. Um, I know they were, I was hearing that they're quite meticulous about penalty taking and and the whole the mental attitudes towards being in that whole penalty taking mode. You know, in front of a large crowd, the end of a game, at the end of a night, end of 120 minutes of football. A bit of psycho- psychology into that as well, which which I find really fascinating. They've gone into that great detail to kind yeah. of look at that. And yeah, kind South of try and like, the players. Owning yeah. the process and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Trying trying try to put. I mean, obviously, it's something really extremely difficult and almost impossible to replicate that scenario. But obviously, trying to get the mindset there that 
you know, to put yourself in that scenario before you actually have to be there. Um, it, 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 it could well, well, well have been the case that we wouldn't have had to have a penalty shootout at this World Cup. As it turned out, we have had to. And I think the players, you know, did very well of it. Looked looked like they were prepared for it. Yeah. So you mentioned Raheem Sterling, and and I think I was going to ask, you know, where you fell on the spectrum of him having a great match and a horrible one. And it sounds like you think he had a great match. Why do you think yeah. uh, people looked at his performance and thought that it was as poor as I think some of the media would have you believe? Didn't get a goal, did he? I, yeah. I, I think a lot of players are. Are rated on how many they score. Or, you know, he had a couple of great chances to score, but I think you know he, he's a lot more than that to this team, and he, he's not a big goal scorer. We know that from uh, you know, from his club football as well. I can't remember how many he scored for City last season, but um, yeah, I think you know he he is that talent in the team. You know, we don't play with wingers. You know, he is that talented player that can um, unlock a defence, and he's got that pace to to really frighten. Like, a back line like he did against Sweden. I think he's an easy target for, for the media, particularly. And obviously, we all know in build-up to the tournament that he was heavily picked on. I mean, he's a player that's been picked on by the media an awful lot, not just before this tournament, in previous in, in previous years, before signing for City. Uh, or when he signed for City, I think he was uh, there was a story of him, you know, being somebody that's, that's moved for the money and, and and that kind of thing. And it's been, it's from one thing to another, you know, he, he's worn a tracksuit from a from one of the cheaper uh, uh, stores in in the high street than than you know what you'd expect him to. It, it's really silly stuff uh, to pick a player up on different things. And obviously, before this tournament, there was all the for about a tattoo that he's had done. And the media in this country are just exceptional at trying to knock people down it, it, it's crazy how they do that and there was a lot of I have to say there was a lot of football fan backlash on social media about some of the stories that that, uh, that he in particular faced before this World Cup and um, you know a lot of the fans kind of you know made comments towards journalists and things like that about you know why why are you saying that for a World Cup why are you trying to you know um, disrupt the preparations and and kind of take a player's mind off it um, but I think he's He's had a great World Cup. He hasn't scored a goal. Um, that's what he generally people judge him on scoring goals. But he's he's not a striker. You know he is playing up alongside Kane. I admit, but I, I think he's been a pivotal part of every game we've played so far. Um, he's been criticised for 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 not. Well, again, I think he's just not scoring a goal when he's had the opportunities um, and he's gone through on goal. He had, he had two against Sweden. Um, I just think he's a likable character, and he, you know he works hard. Um, there's a question mark about whether the media actually or, or some fans actually think that he works hard. But you watch him play during the game uh, against Sweden yesterday, and uh, yeah, he did an awful lot of running in that game. He, you know, he chased things down. He he worked really hard for the team. I think that's a real strength for this team is that all the players know their jobs, know know their strengths, and know their weaknesses, so they can help each other out in different areas. But um, I, yeah, I feel people are being really harsh on Sterling. I think he's been one of our better performers for sure. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Harry Kane, um, so I looked at the stats. He was only able to register one shot for the full 90 minutes. Uh, why do you think he had such a quiet game? Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of the game, he was dropping a bit deeper. I think you find, I think you saw that Sterling was a bit more advanced because of his pace, and you know, Kane was up against a, a big, solid back line in, you know, in the Swedes, and um, I think that was a tougher battle perhaps than he's had in this World Cup, which is why we saw him dropping a little bit deeper to pick up the ball and 
and and and why Raheem found himself you know in space you know behind you know, the back line, which kind of you know worked as the game went on. Um, I think Harry had a great game again. I think he uh, worked the line well. He worked his defenders well. I think what he does do very well is take the pressure off the rest of the team by uh, by drawing the foul. Uh, he did it a lot when we were one 0 up, and, and more so when we're two 0 up. He was he was protecting the ball, holding the ball well, um, and it's something you need from a uh, from your main striker. And obviously, we are playing with one striker up front. I don't count Sterling as a striker. He's kind of playing off off the front man as such in, in Kane. But I think Kane's doing the perfect job for us. I mean, uh, I think before the game yesterday, he, he had six goals in with, with after six attempts, uh, which is a fantastic return, particularly in the World Cup. And uh, I think from memory, I think he's still leading the goal scoring charts. So um, uh, hopefully we can see him, uh, you know, get, get a goal or two uh, as, you know, before we, uh, before the competition finishes. But yeah, I think Kane, um, again, like, like Sterling is a pivotal part of the side. Um, it could be that target man, which is uh, what we did a little bit more in that game yesterday as well against the Swedes. Um, used him probably as the first time in this competition as more of a target man rather than on the floor uh, because of the way the Swedish guys play play their football. Um, and uh, and it and it worked for the most part. And obviously, you know, putting uh, Sterling in uh, through uh, because you know, with his pace, you know, just frighten the life out of that back line. And I think it worked more. Um, you know, rather than focusing on Kane like we have done in previous games, I think it worked better by us focusing more on Sterling, giving Sterling more of the ball um, because of the way that the, you know, the, the Swedes play and the, you know, how, how big their back line are. Yeah. Uh, so you've got a lot of deserved praise for this squad. Were there mm. any players that disappointed you? Um, uh, if people have heard me on previous pods... Um, I'm not a negative kind of guy, and I mean, right. it's an England, it's, it's an England side that's got to the semi-finals of the World Cup. How mm-hmm. can I pick somebody out that's been? <laughs> um, <clears throat> do, do you know what? It, it, it's really difficult. I, I probably would have said that Delhi Ali has been disappointing mm-hmm. um, because of we know what he's capable of. But that goal yesterday, you know, getting that second goal was was hugely important in this game. It was vital for us to get that second goal. Um, because that one nil, you know, the game's there to be taken, really, isn't it? Still from the Swedes, you know, get that goal back. They've got the impetus, um, you know, against us. So I think that second goal was was massive, probably bigger than the first goal, really, in, in terms of importance. And it really was a, a not the confidence of the Swedes. And hopefully that's Deli Ali arriving at this tournament. He has struggled with that thigh. Is it a groin strain or thigh strain? I can't remember which. He's, he's had that injury during this tournament, which is... He looked like he was holding back a little bit in the game yesterday. It took a while to get into the game. But I think as the game progressed, he kind of came into it more so than he has done in the previous games. So I think you could say some players have had quieter games than others. But I think everybody's played their part in this so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Gareth Southgate's chosen the same starting lineup um, for the majority of the games other than the, you know, the changes he made for the Belgian game. Um, Ashley Young, a lot of people were quite critical of him starting. But I think he's been fantastic in his role and Trippier has been a real surprise for a lot of people um, worked really hard I think one of the stats yesterday I think he's uh, he had some one of the most touches in the game yesterday. I think it was 88 touches he had in the game yeah. uh, which says an awful lot I mean that's really good for a wing back particularly I mean you expect that from uh, you know a central midfielder um, but yeah I'm, I'm picking out all the, all the good players I, it's really difficult to pick somebody that's disappointing mm. uh, if, if, I, if I'm going to be pushed I'd say Dele Alli but I think that's probably more to do with his injury right, more than anything else and I think that goal will have done in the world of goods um, Jordan Henderson who I've been critical of in the past not for England but more so 
from a Liverpool perspective, he's been fantastic this World Cup. Uh, and it was right to take him off when he was because I think we'd miss him if he got that second booking yesterday. Uh, we needed him for the semi-final. He's been pivotal in the midfield. Um, I'm just trying to think of anybody that's been that's been negative. Like John Stones, Harry Maguire, they've been great uh, across the back. Kyle Walker, I think Kyle Walker had a good game again yesterday. He was, it was a bit dodgy against Tunisia, gave away that penalty. Um, but I think the back line have been very strong. Pickford obviously goes without saying, has been great, made two great saves in that game. Um, no, I would just if I was if I was pushed, like I say, I'd say Dele Alli. But that's more because of that nagging injury. I think if he hadn't have had that, he probably would have shone a bit sooner. But that goal will probably do him the world of good. So Wednesday, you've got the semi final with Croatia. Oof, How are you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> um, I Sunday day after getting to the semi final, I think today is a bit of elation. Um, I think tomorrow will be a day when you think, actually, it's it's going to hit home. We're in a semi-final. We're, we've got a favourable draw. Again, no disrespect to Croatia, but, you know, we should have been playing the likes of, um, you know, Germany by now in at this point or even in the semi-final. So um, because of their failings, you know, this is a decent Croatian side. They've got to the semi-finals on merit. Um, they... I think one of the things that works in our favour is that Croatia went through after playing extra time and obviously having penalties against Russia, which uh, also obviously the later game uh, in the day when we played ours. Um, hopefully that will pay some, you know, there are some tired legs still from that game because I think I watched that game last night and and they were really going at each other that, in that half an hour of extra time uh, and there were bodies on the floor when the final whistle went end of extra time. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we took some out of them, but obviously. You know, World Cup semi-final. You know, if you can't get out for that and can't shake off a few aches and pains for that, then um, probably shouldn't be there. Um, yeah. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be, again, I think it's probably a favourable game for us because it's the European side. You know, we know the players we're playing against, you know, the likes of Modric um, and obviously Lovren in there as well. <clears throat> uh, obviously, Modric has played in the Premier League before, but obviously is a, is a star on the European stage at the moment. For Real Madrid, Lovren we know from playing for Liverpool, of course, and several other players, Perisic in there. You know, we know what they can do. We know what they're capable of. And our players, you know, it'd be, it'd be a tough battle. It, it will be a tough battle. I'm, I'm concerned because they have you know, plenty of skill about them. They've got, they've got a lot about them. Uh, Modric will be a, a real danger because, you know, we, we've seen what he can do in, the, in this World Cup, let alone uh, what, if that, what he's done for Real Madrid. So, at the moment, I've not really thought ahead to the game. Um, thinking about it now, it's you know it, it's one game away from the World Cup final. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it, it's yeah, it, it's it's anybody's. I mean, I don't think I, I'm one of the more positive football fans out there, um, mm-hmm. as people probably know from you know being on the podcast panel before. Um, but even I, even I, you know, there was always a hope that we could get to semi final. But you've got to have a bit of luck along the way and I think we've had a bit of luck because of the, the way that the draws panned out for us and you know, other teams have, have done the hard work by knocking out some of the big sides and it's kind of opened up for us as I alluded to a little bit earlier on um, playing Croatia in the semi-final if, if somebody had said that to England fans you know six months ago you know um, you know, by the middle of July you'll, you'll be facing Croatia in the World Cup semi-final 
I think a lot of fans would have laughed at it, <laughs> um, uh, purely because you know being suggested that England will reach semi-final, but obviously facing Croatia in a semi-final, it's not a semi-final you'd expect. Um, again, no disrespect to Croatia, they're there on merit, same as we are. Um, but again, I think it's a favourable game. You know, we're not playing Belgium or France in the other side. You know, we are playing the, the lower ranked side, but you know they can't be underestimated. We've seen it throughout this World Cup. Right. No game is easy at all for any team in mm-hmm. this competition you know uh, the, the big names can testify to that and 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 we're a big name you know we're not one of the top six we're not not even in the top 10 ranked sides in you know in the fifa rankings but you know we're still a big name in 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 world football uh we're in the semi-final world cup you know we i i i think we're going to get to the final i i really do yeah i really do i i I just can't see us not getting to the final now. That might that might sound arrogant. Um, that might sound um, self-obsessed a little bit, but I think we're riding a wave at the moment. Um, and this England side look decent. They do look decent. It's a group of players which um, have no fear. You know, Gareth Southgate has done an awful lot to this side in that there's one really interesting point he alluded to is that he found when he was playing for England um, that there was a lot of club clashes you know like yeah. United Liverpool's um, and he he was keen to avoid that as a manager if he could then he would do everything he can to avoid that and I think he's also managed to rid the squad of some egos um, you know we know that Wayne Rooney was uh, you know is not part of the squad anymore um, Joe Hart wasn't taken to the World Cup um, Jack Wilshire, another one, um, and just those two. Naming those two and their both of their outbursts on social media probably says an awful lot about why they're not going yeah, to the world, or why they weren't going to the World Cup. Um, I, you know, I think yes, they're upset, but you know, keep it to yourselves. You know, it's a decision that Southgate's made, and I think I think a lot of people thought Hart would go purely as that experienced goalkeeper. Um, but Southgate's, you know, he's managed the young players who under twenty ones. He was, he was the under twenty one manager for what three years or so. He knows, a, he knows a lot of these players. And he's had his own World Cup experience, so he wouldn't he necessarily need to bring that from a player. Definitely, definitely right. And you know, he he's had experiences on on the international scene. So I think he can be praised for you know for for those different things. You know, he's got his own ethics. He's he's stuck by his own uh, own way of doing things, and it's in its. You know, it's it's paid dividends. It really has much to a lot of fans and the media, uh, media surprise. Uh, you know, we've got ourselves to a semi-final. I say we've got ourselves. Southgate and the players have got themselves to a World Cup <laughs> semi-final. By, by no, Jay, you're the twelfth man. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, yeah, they've got themselves to this position through hard work, through um, through great preparation. Um, and you know, people seem to forget that you know Southgate took over the role as a um, as a kind of last minute after the Sam Allardyce um, issue. You know, mm-hmm. Sam Allardyce managed for one game, um, and it obviously came out in the press about you know what happened or what meeting he had, and I'm not going to go into that now. Yeah. Um, and Southgate was brought in as what was deemed to be a short term fix. You know, get somebody in, get you know, get the qualification, keep that going. And he, and he got us through a seamless qualification. And, and England do qualify for tournaments really well. Uh, it's not often we mess up a, a qualification. But he took over a side. Um, he, he added the players he wanted to. He's brought youth into the side. And that is a big thing about England. 
compare this side to England squads of the past, they've always gone with the big name players all mm-hmm. the time. And it's always been the case that I remember going back to when we had Gerard Lampard, Scholes, they would try and play all three of those players and they would play Scholes out wide. Scholes, Scholes, Paul Scholes is never a wide player, but they would try and fit all the big names, a little bit like France started to do it at the start yeah. of the tournament. They were trying to play all their big names in the side, but they just don't fit. Even if they're trying to play them, they're just thinking, oh, he's a great player. He can play in that position, even if it's not his own position. But that's just that's just crazy. Even if he haven't got as talented a player to play in that position, he knows that position. So why don't you just play the player that fits in that, you know, put, put that round peg in the round hole, not a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. That's what England have tried been doing for years and have tried to stick by the players the big names the big clubs and the egos and but a lot of the time fans have said give give youth players a chance why try and fit all these players into a squad and you know we've been saying it for years and now we've got a manager who's actually done that and you know obviously the success of the uh, the young lions last summer in the euros in the uh, in the under 20s world cup winning that um you know, there was there, there's signs because you know Southgate was involved in all that. He's, he was involved in the setup of the of the young lions, and you know he's brought some of those players through that he trusts. He knows what they can do. He's no he knows what they're capable of, and they're they're showing it on the world stage. And uh, while a lot of people have said that this squad isn't the strongest England squad, you, you can't you can't take anything away from their enthusiasm and 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 what they bring to this World Cup because I think. You see them off camera, and you see some of the videos online and stuff. And this group of players get on well, yeah. and I think that's that's huge when it comes to being away from home in a tournament scenario. If you get players that don't get on, that's going to cause a bit of a rift in a in a squad as we've seen from some of the bigger nations over the years. So um, I think that all goes hand in hand, and uh, they just look like they're enjoying it. And yeah. you know, the more they enjoy it, you know, long may that continue. Yeah, and I, you know, I think one of the great things about having that youth mindset is that we get to see a player like Jordan Pickford just put in yeah. immense performances on the biggest stage. Definitely right. And again, he was a player which um, he was criticised for the goal against Belgium um, for, for leading with the wrong hand, which again, I found quite crazy. I mean, it was a great goal by Yanazai to win that game. Mm. Um, who could argue what's happened to us since then, obviously. Um but obviously Pickford's made, you know, that, uh, to me, uh, that was just a great goal. You know, it's difficult to, to to question the keeper on that one. I think that was just picking holes in the performance, and really. And I think everyone's forgotten about that goal at this point. Completely, completely right. I mean, Pickford is, you know, the penalty save, um, you know, he made that save at the end of the game uh, against Colombia, uh, which was an outstanding save. I yeah. mean, there's no there's no way he knew that that was going to be good. Well, it, it might not have been going over. It may have hit the crossbar, come back. You just don't know. But he made that save, which obviously led to the equaliser. But he made the penalty save as well. He made two great, three great saves, actually, in, in the game against Sweden. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's more than proved a point um, after that Belgian game. And I think the majority of fans you know, weren't even questioning, um, you know, that goal against Belgium really. So um yeah, I mean he's been fantastic. It's proven it's proved why he's been, you know he's been picked as number one by Southgate. Um and he's uh I, I mean I, I did say before that as a penalty shooter came I fancied Pickford to, to save one. I really did. Um yeah, yeah it might sound easy to say that now but <laughs> I just I just felt I just felt like he would get to one of those penalties. I really did. 
Um, and, and he did, thankfully, strong arm. Um, but he's he's proved more than worthy of the number one jersey. And, uh, you know, you you're, like you just said, Safi, you for exuberance. I mean, you know, it's no fear. You know, he, he's been in this tournament scenario with the young Lions and obviously not to the, you know, not, not the senior World Cup, but, you know, it's no different. The setup is the same. The tournament setup is the same. You know, penalty shootouts, it's the same pressures. You know, you're playing 90 minutes, extra time and then penalties, you know, it, it's all the very same. So that that experience would have, uh, you know, would have helped him out, no doubt. Is losing to Croatia a failure for this team? <laughs> um, for me, no. Um, I, I think you could actually, no, I, I would say no, it wouldn't be a failure, um, but it would. Does that sound right? Because I think, I think Croatia are beatable. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a side that we would probably, ex- again, I don't want to sound big at it, but um, it's a side that we would probably expect to beat the way we're playing at the moment. I don't think Croatia were, they were better in the group. They 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 played very well in the group stage. I think they won all three games in the group stage. And going forward out of the groups, they were the team to watch. In the knockout stages, I think they probably just stumbled through to this point. Um you know, they weren't that great against Russia, the host nation, but obviously that has its own pressures playing against the host nation. Um, the game before, I forget who they played, but again, it wasn't the greatest of games. It wasn't the greatest performance from them. Uh, Modric makes them tick, for sure. He's the guy to watch out for. Um, but would it be a failure for us to... I don't think it would, because nobody expects us to get to semi-finals, but there will be a tinge of sadness simply because we'd miss out on the best opportunity we probably ever had, if if that makes sense. Yeah. Because of the way that the draw has uh, has kind of, um, you know, pointed us towards the final. I mean, you can never have imagined us getting a favourable draw like that. You know, we're not, we haven't got any of the top countries in our, in our side of the draw at all until we get to the final. Um, I think Belgium are the, the highest ranked side left in the competition um, ahead of France and then obviously us and then Croatia. Um, I will be disappointed if we if we miss out on making the final because I think this is a winnable game. Mm-hmm. If we were playing something like Brazil, Germany, Argentina, France, if we're playing something like that, then it's just, well, it would probably be more, it'd probably be easier to take losing in the semi-final. It'd be hard. Um, but I think losing, you know, because you, you just don't know against the big sides. But I think a lot of people up against Croatia, they're still a skillful side. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of fans will be thinking, you know, we can beat them. We should beat them. Um, whether that mindset would have been there if we'd have stumbled through the group or had them in the group, I don't know. But I, I think fans now have got to a point where, you know, this is a semi-final. This, yeah. you know, this, this is a winnable game. You know, we've, we've had the luck to get to this stage by not having to face one of the big sides. I, I think we'll be disappointed. I don't, I don't think it'll be a disappointment to go out in the semi-finals, if that makes sense, but it will be disappointing to lose to Croatia to miss out on the final. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. Yeah, no. Quite, quite in a roundabout way, I, you know. I'm like I said, I'm not a negative guy. I will be disappointed if we don't beat them. But getting to semi final, if if somebody had said to any England fan before the World Cup and said you're going to get to semi final, but you're going to lose, 
I think most would have, you know, again would have laughed or, you know, just said, don't be silly. Um, but or, they would have taken ta- it. But, but would have taken it. Yeah. For sure. Would have taken it. But mm-hmm. we find ourselves at this point thinking, thinking bigger, really thinking bigger. And, and you know, th- this is the third occasion. This doesn't come around in everyone's lifetimes. It really yeah. doesn't. Um, so it will be disappointing to lose for sure. Um, but I think we're in a mindset now where we're actually thinking, you know, we're going to do this. Yeah. And regardless of what happens, you'll be able to look to the future. Yeah, yeah for sure. With a lot. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of people have said, you know, this is probably a World Cup too soon for this group of players. Um, you can't plan that sort of thing. I, yeah. I remember I remember vividly when Palace were promoted back in 2013. A lot of fans are saying, it's too soon to go up. You can't, you can't plan these things. You know, you you have to grab them with both hands when you when they when they come your way because you you can't plan, you know, when a team's going to get promoted or or when when a country's going to get to the stage in the World Cup. It just happens, mm-hmm. and you have to take that opportunity when it arises. And I think, I think we just have to do that. With you know, the players are I'm I'm comfortable with a set of players that they will leave everything out on the pitch to get to that final. And that's all you can ask from a, from a group of players, uh, particularly this group of players, which have impressed everybody. I think you know. There's a the thing that I find amazing is that you've got Liverpool fans praising Jordan Pickford, who's the Everton goalkeeper. Yeah. You've got um, Everton fans praising Jordan Henderson for his performances. The football community in this country is has been brought together, and and there was always before the clash between clubs and saying oh you know just you know, Liverpool fans are praising Jesse Lingard because he scored that great goal in in the early round that's not really happened before there's always been that club versus club issue but this you know as the competition's gone on as the nation has kind of got more interested and you know the the the, the players have impressed and and you know the, the they've played really well to get to where they are um you know, everyone's together on this. They, they really are. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just brought a nation together, which is absolutely fantastic. It's a really great feeling here at the moment. Yeah. Um, and it will be a real shame to see us not go on and, and you know, get to the final. Well, I think that's a great note to end a podcast on, don't you? <laughs> I think so as well. Yeah. I think so as well. I don't know if you've been on Twitter a lot, Safi, but there's been, there's been a hashtag during the rounds which relates to a, 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 a track that was released before Euro 96, which was uh, by the Lion Seas, uh, Frank Skinner and David Baddiel. Um, it's coming home. The Three Lions track it is. I don't know how familiar you are with it. Um, but I'm the hashtag... Right now. Yeah, the hashtag is it's coming home, hashtag. And a lot of a lot of other nations fans have been saying how big-headed it is and how critical they've been of it. But this comes around every time England play. It's coming home. It's always been something a bit tongue in cheek with England fans. And uh, you know that song has that lyric in it. It's coming home. It's been revisited a few times. That that track has been re-released. And today it's um, it's hit the top of the charts in this country oh, again. It's been played so much. Um, the track I say was released in '96 before uh, we hosted when we hosted the Euros. Um, it's it's a bit of an anthem for England fans. It really is, and it's got a lines in it saying it's coming home. Bit of tongue in cheek, obviously, you know, football style in this country, and and uh, this that, and the other. And every time England are at a tournament, it comes up. You know, fans are saying it's coming home. It's coming home. It's yeah. a bit of tongue in cheek, really. You know, but now there's just a bit of optimism that wasn't there before. Well, 
Well, yeah, I mean, the hashtag has gone gone mad. There's been videos with the with, with the tune being played over famous clips from TV series and, and films, and you have to see them to believe them. And it's really added to the to the really you know good vibes in this country at the moment. But you know, it's that 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 saying it's coming home isn't a cockiness. It's it's always been tongue in cheek, but. We find ourselves now seeing England in the semi-finals of the World Cup. We just don't know what to do <laughs> because we've been saying it's coming home and it's always been tongue-in-cheek. Um, but now we've got to a point where actually it it might be coming home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, a lot of people have been critical about it. For if, you know, if you're not an England fan, and I just wanted to clear up and, and say that you know it's always been a lot of tongue-in-cheek. It's always been a bit of fun, but now we've got to this point. Where we're thinking wow you know we've always had a, a bit of a laugh about this but it, it's just got serious yeah. <laughs> well great so uh that's all the time we have for today uh jay do you have anything you want to plug uh just just the website the eagles beak um we're a palace fan site uh been going for a number of years we're uh, heading into our sixth season as a as a premier league side which is uh which is record for palace and it's and it's it's going to be fantastic uh really looking forward to it so head on over to the website eaglesbeak.com is where we have our stuff uh, it's been a bit quiet over the summer because we've got a bit of a break but obviously we've we've had a few england articles going up and uh, we do chat to opposition fans during the season as well so head on over we're really active on twitter and facebook so head on over to uh, our page on Twitter, which is at the Eagles Beak, and um, just get in touch, interact. We look forward to hearing from you. Great. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening.